0: We don't really uh, make a division, actually, Arabic style or Turkish style Like, we know that there are differences, of course, but we don't really talk about the differences
1: Welcome to Belladance Life podcast with weekly portion of stories, tips and dance inspiration My name is Jana Komarnitska, I'm your host And I invite you to explore all nuances of Belladance Life together with me and our amazing guests Let's start This episode is brought to you by My Inner Dance, a lifestyle and fashion brand inspired by ballet dance. There you can find a great selection of different items, starting from training outfits that can definitely enhance and inspire you to train even more and with more energy. Two very cute items for day-to-day life that will remind you about your dance and help to bring your passion into your everyday regular life. Uh, That can be great option for a cute gift for yourself or even for your friends one of my favorite items is definitely a mug with a lovely image of dancer and drummer and a cheat sheet with the most basic and common balladance rhythms that are very confusing often, so it's always good to start the morning on a dance mood and with a little reminder about those rhythms. You can find all great selection of different items at the website myinnodancer.com hello everyone how are you doing how's your march going i hope you already feel the smell of spring in the air at least here in toronto we kind of uh, have a couple of days here and there then we feel almost the spring is fully coming to the city. So hopefully you're enjoying some sun and a little bit of warmth these days too. On today's show, I'm really happy to feature again one more Turkish artist, İdil. And uh, this conversation blew my mind in many, many different ways. We touched based on two... Uh, major and sort of separate (laughs) topics one of them was directly related to Turkish style so-called Turkish style and you'll understand in the interview why I do this specification here Uh, but we talked a lot about misconceptions about uh, Turkish ballet dance and in general dance as well as um, today's situation uh, uh, modern times political social cultural situation in turkey and what's going on with a dance scene so i'm pretty sure you'll be very interested about to hear about more about that so stay till the end of the interview because we kind of split and jumped from one topic to another but another very interesting topic that we discussed was the concept of dance movement therapy and uh, such kind of themes is definitely a subject that i would like to go more and deeper in the future because uh, belly dance is definitely a beautiful art form but also it can be a very powerful tool of uh, Healing and trauma healing, and in general, just therapeutic tool. And uh, I know that there are a lot of experts in the field uh, regarding these kind of uh, topics and use of baladine. So I hope we can feature more of them in the future in the podcast. But in this interview, we already touched based on it, and uh, a couple of very interesting ideas and concepts uh, uh, blew my mind. So. I'm very, very excited for you to listen to it and maybe to look at ballet dance and at dance in general from a very different and new point of view for you. So hopefully you'll make some new discoveries. Uh, before we go into the interview, I just want to let you know in advance that uh, we had a little, little technical difficulties there you'll hear from time to time sort of a feedback from the uh, computer from the mic of computer unfortunately i couldn't get uh, fixed it but after careful review i still decided to release as it is like this my best efforts to fix it and make as <laughs> pleasant as possible those feedbacks they are not long they're just like uh, three five uh, sometimes uh, a little bit longer like six seconds and you still can hear the content but uh, again i decided that the value of content is way way more higher than trying to make uh, the thing look pretty and fancy and i really didn't want to cut any parts of it so please uh, bear bear with it i know i'm still learning with just one year of podcast not ideal so sometimes we have this little technical issues but uh, i hope they will not spoil uh, your joy of learning uh, something new and hearing from amazing artists that's why I decided to release interview just the way it is without cutting any parts and uh, hope for your understanding and that uh, the value of the content uh, uh, is way more higher than <laughs> than dealing with little, little technical difficulties in any way uh, I'll let you listen to amazing interview with Idil and uh, also encourage you to discover more about her activities she's not only a ballet dancer but she is also amazing fire dancer and you will all even hear in the interview how she also is into heavy metal stuff and she even sometimes combines ballet dance with it so, hopefully, I intrigued you enough to listen till the end of the interview. And just before we dive, I want to say a quick thank you to Bella Dance Evolution for supporting this podcast. Guys, applications are now open for Jelena's new B.D. experience in New Bern, North Carolina. Join Jelena and her directors for this challenging intensive and performing a new pre dea production, The Wizard of Oz. Applications close April 30th. Also catch their debut for The Wizard of Oz in Los Angeles on Friday, March 29. All details are at their website com. Hello guys, Uh, how are you? You're listening to Better Dance Life podcast, new week, new episode And today we are traveling again to Turkey and exploring even more of this beautiful dance style And I'm very happy to have a featured guest here with us, Idil How are you? Welcome to the show
0: Uh, Hi, Uh, thanks for having me I'm fine, how are you?
1: Good, thank you. very excited to to talk to you today. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited as well.'m I'm, I'm excited.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so to start uh, with there, uh, can you walk us back uh, and take us on a uh, time travel? How did dance uh, enter your life? <laughs>
0: I started dancing uh, when I was a child, uh, but I didn't dance uh, all the time, I mean, on and off, because I had to move around a lot, Uh, and then uh, when I was in high school, I started to dance again, and when I was in university uh, in Sweden, I started to belly dance then, uh, actually, yeah, Um, you know, I mean, it's a traditional dance in Turkey, and... um, but uh back then when I was in Sweden it was really popular there and when you are from the Middle East or Near East and, and, and um it, they always ask about that that this that dance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was really popular uh, back then, um early uh two thousand. And uh, and I was uh, sort of uh, missing home, you know the traditional things about Turkey. And uh, whenever I heard uh, Middle Eastern Near Eastern or Turkish uh, melody or rhythm, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I miss Turkey." And um, uh, i was I was at university and uh, already dancing, but I started to be interested in um, oriental dance uh, back then. And uh, improved myself. Uh, came to Turkey to to take classes and and um, and perform here. Um, and I'm also originally from city uh, which is um, well known for Çiftetelli Romani. Uh, it's a local dance tekiirda uh, in Trakya in the Thrace area of Turkey. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of connected with the traditional side of mine and it uh, it made me happy and I continued.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Learning uh, dance traditional to your country, but being abroad, uh, uh, did you feel that there are any... Um, you kind of mentioned that there are sort of expectations that you should probably know this dance or anything like that, but uh, did you find that being from... Uh, originally from this culture did it help you in understanding the dance while learning basically with foreign teachers i assume like foreign by means like not necessarily turkish originally or did it was any like conflicts like oh they tell you something one thing and then you think oh but no i know it's from the culture it's supposed to be different like have you ever had anything like that while um, exploring this dance form outside of turkey
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, it was very confusing. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: like uh, I, I took some classes from uh, teacher uh, Arabic teachers, and uh, that's another thing. Like. Um, we didn't we didn't within the culture we don't really uh, make a division actually arabic style or turkish style like we know that there are differences of course but we don't really talk about the differences uh, so and i and and uh, and i when i'm learning with, with uh, arabic teachers then then i then i know that there are certain differences and uh, and i know my own style uh, but i I uh, came to Turkey, uh, for example, to absorb the culture again, uh, and, um, but when I was exploring uh, abroad there, I, I saw that there were many uh, misconceptions about the Turkish style and Romani and Ciftetelli, but I think Turkish style is not uh, known widely, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. what were the most like common misconceptions
0: um, the, common, the, the most common one was that Turkish style is 9-8 uh, Romani style uh, in Turkey uh, we don't consider it belly dance actually it is Romani, it is a cultural dance it's, it's an ethnic dance it, and it can also be a folkloric dance for example, it's folkloric dance uh, where I come from, the province Tekirda. It's a local dance there. Um, uh, so we don't consider it to be a uh, b- belly dance. It can be a part of a dance, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this was the most common uh, misconception that I uh, came across. And also, the, the same thing goes for Chiptateli as well. A lot of people, a lot of people think that Chiftateli is the Turkish, uh, Turkish style. Again, it is it is probably one of the mothers of the of, of the Turkish uh, style or Oriental dance. Um, but Chiftateli is Chiftateli and it's a casual. Um, it's usually thought to be a, a casual uh, entertainment dance, um, and it has. Many different styles, like çiftetelli from Ankara and çiftetelli from Izmir and Istanbul, they are completely different. Rhythm is different, style is different, everything is different. So çiftetelli uh, in itself is not one style, and it's definitely not uh, not not the Turkish style uh, belly dance. But again, the rhythm, uh, the rhythm and the style. Um, have come into the, the uh, Turkish uh, style uh, belly dance. if you can I mean I don't like talking about all these styles actually as I said before like we don't we don't perceive it this way in Turkey uh, but however in order to in order yeah, I have to use the kind of vocabulary so <laughs> yeah so yeah, Chiptaali and Romani uh, style dance—they uh, are—they are dance styles uh, in themselves, and they are—we we don't consider them to be belly dance in Turkey, actually.
1: Mm. Yeah, but uh, thank you a lot for explaining it because these are the topics that there are a lot of sort of misinterpretations among ballad answers and then uh, like one, two teachers say something and then everyone follows like those misinterpretations interpretations about what is this style about and etc so it's really good to hear like a little insights and explanations even even if it's not really like even the fact that in turkey you don't really consider oh this is turkish style this is egyptian style anything like that but it's still interesting even to hear that that insight and a uh, very, very interesting thing that I didn't know about Chieftetale that it has so many very specific, uh, like, uh, styles. Like, I knew, I assumed that it's not just, like, one choreography one dance. Of course, it's a style. But um, I heard uh, uh, once that uh, Chieftetale, it's sort of um, an old, like, style of court dancing, like in harems or courts they were doing. Is it true or is it another misconception about (laughs) cifteteli? I
0: don't know for sure. I mean, I'm not a historian, but uh, I don't think so. It is not only a court dance. It is, uh, it's a a cultural dance. People usually dance cifteteli. For example, in, in, say, Istanbul, uh, you will see people dancing uh, cifteteli at a wedding or at some celebration, mm. um, it can be a circumcision, party, uh, wedding, we call it wedding too, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and um, it, it is definitely similar to what is considered to be oriental uh, dance, but as I said, uh, when we think about Ankara Chifteteli, then, then it is a com- completely different type of dance.
1: I also know that you had an education in uh, movement therapy, and this is another very interesting subject and huge topic. Uh, Can you tell first, please, just about the concept of movement therapy, what, what it is?
0: Sure um uh, dance movement therapy is is a kind of uh psychotherapy clinical psychotherapy uh under uh, the umbrella term um uh expressive uh, art therapies um so there is also music therapy and um uh, Psychodrama and so on and so forth. So dance movement therapy uh, is is one of those um, Expressive art therapies Uh, And it can it can be used for recreation or it can be used in the clinical uh, setting and uh, Dance Everyone who dances. I mean we know that dance uh, dance has a healing uh, aspect, uh, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it makes you uh, happy and then it, it is emotional. And um, so, um, in the clinical setting, it can be dance and moment can be uh, used in the clinical setting uh, as well. And um, and our memories. Uh, one, uh, according to one um, idea, our memories uh, can be stored in the muscles. So um, during the talk therapy, we can only talk. But when we move, we can we can uh, go further than that and um, maybe um, access uh, insider. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, with, with, within this psyche, I mean. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it is that type of uh, therapy. And I studied uh, only a little part of it, introduction, uh, actually introduction to uh, dance movement therapy. So I'm not a therapist, uh, but I have a certificate for creative uh, dances. Um, yeah. So and I, I, I use it for my for myself and I use it for uh, my knowledge. I mean, I use it for my students, um, but I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: but is it some something like the practice that can be applied uh, only under supervision of like specialists, or is it something that person? Can get some like regular person who doesn't have maybe higher education in this specific area, but still get some element of this movement therapy and apply it in their practice.
0: Well, I mean, um, if we are talking about psychotherapy, uh, dance movement therapy, it's it is uh, it is um, it is a clinical thing, so uh, it has to be. Uh, uh, it has to be supervised and uh, done by a specialist, a therapist um, educated in in uh, uh, dance movement psychotherapy, of course. Mm-hmm. But however, dance can be used in a th- in a therapeutic way. Then we can call it a uh, therapeutic. Uh, dance maybe Uh, but then uh, the focus is uh, movement and dance and not necessarily psychology or or to uh, you know to to heal uh, a trauma for example but maybe a little bit of healing can be by product but uh you know uh, what i mean is um the uh, the focus is is is is dance uh, but however uh, when we talk about dance movement therapy then the focus is healing healing a trauma or or its the psychology so it is um yeah, it is. Uh, the focus is not necessarily dance as a discipline to learn or to move, but rather uh, to uh, to heal uh, a wound, a psychological wound, or or uh, a problem, maybe.
1: Mm. And is it based? Uh, if it's we are talking about uh, dance m- movement therapy. As a healing, uh, is still based on any specific dance style, or it doesn't really matter.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, You are actually uh, dancing uh, a kind of emotion. For example, uh, maybe maybe we can say like this: um, What if um, if fear uh, was a movement? Uh, how would it be, for example? How would you move uh, to the rhythm of fear? Mm. Let's say, yeah. So it is something like this. So uh, it's just free movements, and it might not look like dance to everyone, but in that sense, we consider it dance to um, um, a movemental, a kinesthetic reaction to emotion, to a kind of emotion
1: um mm. yeah a it's, reaction yeah it's also so tricky to define what is actually dance yeah
0: because, when we say yeah. dance usually uh indeed like people consider it to be a discipline a choreography or dancing to a kind of music but when we're talking about dance movement therapy uh, there doesn't have to be a, a, a, any music you can just uh you just move um according to your emotions and then uh you start with an intent what do you want to find out Mm -hmm. for example Uh, and then you go within you just let it let it go and you go within and you follow your uh movements and then it it brings you somewhere you find out something. I mean in my I mean, I have experienced in myself whenever I do this I definitely find uh, something deeper in my in my soul um, I Do it by myself sometimes, but we cannot call it dance movement therapy when I do it by myself. It is just my personal um, personal practice as I said uh mm-hmm. Dance movement therapy has to be done by a professional uh, specialist, uh, and also uh, it is important that there is an outer eye. As I said, when I do it by myself, it is my own practice, and I I do it in order to uh, you know to. F- Find the motivation, uh, you know, of, uh, to be more creative, or just find out something um, something deeper about myself. I like um, investigating my own soul. So, um, but when you do it together with a professional, uh, so the fact that there is an outer eye is. What uh, makes it a healing process? It is called a dyad, uh, actually. So, um, in order uh, to be an I, you know, ego, there has to be a you. So, that's why it is important that uh, someone is watching when you are moving. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the setting uh, in the uh, in the uh, you know uh, in the p- professional sense. But uh, in my own practice, I only I only use it for my uh, I mean I only use certain parts of it for my own uh, practice, for example. Mm,
1: that's so interesting. Also, it brings me to another question because dance for you is. Uh, uh, you're a professional artist dance performer so dance for you it's also at, at like let's say tool of work it's your like craft work like job but also dance you're using dance as a healing and more i mean i would use word spiritual just like to give it i know it's not exactly like um maybe like different people will put different meanings in those words but still like where to find balance because i know a lot of uh, uh, professional dancers once dance become their work it's very easy to lose the joy or lose the sense of this uh, meaning inside the dance uh that uh, like has some personal meaning like wh- wh- why we started it <laughs> in the first place so the, i don't know if you ever like faced anything like that or maybe you just have some thoughts to share, uh, share with us. But like, how to uh, even be in full, like maybe full time or not part time, but like having dance as a work on a regular basis and dancing a lot in your life. How to still not lose a joy and like spiritual sense of dance?
0: I think I see it as a lifestyle. Like it is not something that I can give up on. Um... And for me, dance uh, has a wider uh, meaning, as I said, Uh, it's uh, kinesthetic. Reaction to emotions. So even when I'm using my hands right now, it could be a part of a expressive choreography maybe But as a professional dancer, I don't know maybe this is one of the reasons why I started to be interested in dance movement therapy because uh, Because it is it is something that comes from your core and I just wanted to go deeper and um find more meaning in myself and this is uh, i think this is one of the uh, one of the ways uh, how i'm not losing uh, the uh, passion because there are so many things to um to to investigate and to find out uh, it's just uh, fascinating the body how it works melodies how you hear the rhythm um yeah, how your movements are changing, and you know, how your body is changing, even aging. Um, and so it's always there. Are, there are so many things, things to to learn and discover. Mm. And I think this is this this this is this is what uh, gets me going.
1: Mm, I see. And then you perform actually perform on stage for some event, like whatever whatever it is. Event. Do you still treated as or oh, this is my own exploration or you sort of find it's easier to divide no this is right now is like i don't know my work my performance and then in studio i go and i do this inner explorations
0: it depends i mean sometimes it's just work because it's i mean uh, it's it's it's it's my profession sometimes i have to dance every day i mean professionally not in the studio um uh but on stage sometimes every day and then uh then you can't really call it art uh sometimes. Sometimes it is only business, you know. Uh but um as I said, yeah, it it, it, it depends. Sometimes uh, it's the exploration part is not only uh, in the studio; it's definitely on stage as well. Because in the studio you're most likely alone or with another partner, but on stage uh, there are maybe hundreds of people, sometimes thousands, or sometimes just a couple of people. Uh, depends, <laughs> um, but uh, it's a definitely different. Um, different uh, experience when you when you dance on stage and uh, it it also I mean for me it depends on the style because i don't only do uh, oriental dance i also do other kinds of uh, dances but i'm mainly a, a oriental dancer uh, and i also do fire dance So, uh, that's a completely different thing because fire is really dangerous and, uh, yeah, then uh, there is always something to, um, there is always something to uh, explore, Uh, yeah.
1: Also, I read, I found one uh, thing on your website that uh, I feel it's sort of related to what we just talked about, uh, dance movement therapy, and you wrote that you teach oriental dance in the direction of discovering different qualities of movement while expressing nonverbal emotions. So I assume yeah. it, it's related to the concept of imp- implementing some elements from dance uh, uh, movement therapy, or is it something different?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it, it is similar. Um, oriental dance is a very expressive dance, so uh, instead of just... Um, doing uh, a set of moments, a choreography, even if, even if uh, I'm going to teach a choreography at the end, or maybe we can create a choreography, for example, student and I, um, starting, from, uh, starting from an emotion, yeah, for example, a piece of music, what kind of emotions it evokes, in the dancer, in you, in, in a student, or in me. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, and it can start from there, and then uh, the moments can uh, then then the kind of moments that are coming out, uh, coming into being, can be uh, can be stylized into uh, into Oriental dance, for example.
1: I uh, had uh, one uh, Turkish uh, student here in Canada, and I remember one of the things that at some point she came to me and uh, like she just shared that, oh my God, only when I came to Canada and started taking classes from like local dancers, I realized that you can dance to sad songs. She's like, oh, in Turkey we don't dance. (laughs) Is is it so? Is it
0: true? Or is it just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It it is true. Especially when when you say uh, when you say belly dance, oriental dance Mm -hmm. here, people always expect a very cheerful and upbeat, very fast uh, type of uh, dance. Most likely a darbuka solo. This is what uh, the majority of people expect uh, here. Hmm. it's rare to dance to sad songs
1: (laughs) well I guess that's one of the differences also like uh, between like cultures if we decide to sort of divide what is Egyptian, Turkish or Iraqi style or like uh, other countries uh, uh, of um, style of ballet dance that music choice is also like one of the typical (laughs) things that would be probably different
0: yeah it is culture but i think it is also political uh because um yeah as i said like Chiftateli, romani uh these are uh, like turkish dances and uh we can't say that they are uh, just uh, folkloric but in some sense we can we can say that they are also folkloric dances and there are so many you know um dance styles that can be done to to sad music because you know you're expressing something at, a, at maybe maybe at a wedding uh, then people uh, expect it to be a uh, cheerful but uh, sometimes um, there are other kinds of dances uh, for example uh, Zabek dance uh, from from uh, Izmir and Aydın uh, Aegean area. It is usually a slower dance, a uh, slower kind of dance, very slow actually. Um, so, but when you say belly dance in Turkey, uh, it is it is an entertainment dance. So that's why people expect it to to to be cheerful.
1: And by the way, you just mentioned another uh, interesting. Uh like regional uh, turkish dance style uh, zaybag and uh i just want like to know one clarification because what we usually as uh, let's say non-native dancers, what we perceive or explore uh, to our research it's a lot comes from internet so for instance like zaybag dance it's uh, uh as far as i know it can it's originally a male dance like a warrior dance uh, like to uh, sorry not warrior like to a military bit but it also can be done in couples but now we see a lot of uh, uh videos then uh, girls this they, they do they back dance but they do it not in a traditional female role but they sort of do it in this male uh, um male style of movements is it like something that was is typical in general or is it just like new trends like just people want to, to do and copy and follow those things?
0: <laughs> uh, well, uh, y- y- you're right. Um, Sebek dance is, is a kind of warrior dance, in a sense, or, or uh, the, the people who dance, efe. Uh, the, the, the word, the meaning is a brave person. Um, the meaning of efe. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes it means bro- brother. Uh, mm. Yeah. The female uh, part, uh as far as I know, it was it, it it started to come along it was it was uh choreographed after uh, after the establishment of the Republic. Uh the Republic of Turkey mm. Mm. Uh, in uh, 1923. Before that there was Ottoman Empire mm-hmm. and it was collapsing and then uh in uh, 1923 uh, it was a uh, Turkish Republic, the Republic of Turkey and after that point um, Zebek uh, was uh, taken as uh, the national dance mm-hmm. as far as I know and, and, and the uh, and, and, uh, it was choreographed and the female part was also choreographed but, um, Usually, it was danced by men, mm-hmm. uh, for example, at a wedding or yeah, uh, at a, a gathering. But of course, um, nowadays everyone dances it, and we don't think that it is a male dance. Uh, v- women uh, can dance it, uh, of course, and because. Um, uh, you know, when you think about uh, folkloric dances, especially when it comes to Zaybek dance, uh, it is a um, male part. Uh, has bigger uh, movements, and the female part it has like uh, smaller uh, movements. Uh, so, uh, and and and as I said, since it, it is it is not the real part of it. So when you see uh, when you see someone a woman dancing today, of course it's going to be the uh, the uh, the kind of movements that looks like the uh, male uh, movements because as I said, uh, the female part was created uh, later on.
1: Mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, that it was like female part was artif- let, let's say artificially created at some point of 20th century. That's very very interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah, same um, thing with Chiftatelli actually, because mm-hmm. uh, when you when you find Chiftatelli on YouTube, for example, if it is a, a, a school show, so uh, what you see is. Choreographed uh, type of dance, uh, for example, with harem pants, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually um, there are uh, dancers uh, in white costumes, and then now there are dancers in red costumes, and then there is one that comes with white or the uh, opposite. I think there are dancers with uh, white costumes, and then there is the uh, sol- uh, solo dancer with with uh, red costume. So this is. Uh, this is Istanbul and Izmir Chiftatali. Ankara Chiftatali is completely different, as I said. So this is Izmir and Istanbul Chiftatali and is a choreographed. But when you see Chiftatali at a wedding, then uh, then it is just a casual dance with some hip movements and some uh, hand uh, movements, and um, the the other the other type the choreographed type is heavily affected by ballet for example you can see some ballet movements because it is choreographed
1: and uh yeah mm. it's so interesting to to hear about these uh, things and sort of s- like little similarities between cultures because when i was doing my research in here, like i found on internet very old tapes i mean i don't know how old but like looking really like all like one of the beginning of uh, cinematography and mm-hmm. uh, uh, very modern like inter like performances of chips by groups and I was like oh my god but this is sort of the same choreography like there's little like, uh, little changes little differences but it's it, it's the same so it was obviously I, in my mind it was like oh is it like traditionally like that or it was just choreographed at some point uh, by someone and then it, it sort of picked up as one of those like nation national or representative dances of the culture and repeated by others so stage
0: adaptation stage adaptation you know yeah to in order to adapt it to stage and in order to uh I think it's a little orientalist uh, at the same time, uh, the, the, the, the view, because it's sort of like um, it's a cultural dance, but uh, you're trying to make it, modernize it, but when, I mean, in that sense, uh, modernize is like westernize it. Yeah? Mm. when you try to westernize uh, chief Ali to adapt it to stage to to make it into an art form then this is a little orientalist but we can say that tur- Turkish uh, uh, tur- Turkey can be an orientalist country in itself <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah yeah I mean even though Turkey can be considered a nearest country can be considered European can, can be considered middle eastern but um uh, or, or it, you can say that maybe it is internalized uh, orientalism. Maybe internalized because of internalized uh, orientalism, it is possible to see uh, here. In order to modernize something, uh, people try to westernize it. Yeah, Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, like um, we can also consider um, we can also consider that uh, it's a part of our uh identity like we are both european and, and middle eastern at the same time or near eastern uh, so we can also consider uh, these elements to be to be our um our own identity but uh, it depends on uh, like i i can't say of course why uh, uh was choreographed uh, that way and what was you know uh you know what, what, what, what the the choreographers were thinking. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't say that. But when you look at it from outside, uh, then, uh, then, then the then the feeling is is is uh, then then the feeling that I get is it is indeed a little uh, orientalist. There is an uh, internalized orientalism going hmm. on there. I think.
1: Yeah, Turkey is uh, one of that countries and cultures that absorb so many different elements from all around the world, not only uh, because of historical things, but also like geographical position that it was a crossroad and intersection between so many cultures and uh, trade paths. uh, And uh, uh, one of that, uh, uh, especially Istanbul, but it's the whole Turkey, (laughs) I feel it, it has so many... Uh, different elements from all around the world, but this phenomenon of making the dance Western, like I feel from different cultures, it's the same. I, I kind of feel in Iran happened, uh, even in Egypt with Mas- Mahmoud Reda company. Whenever the yeah. dance is tried to put on stage, it gets some elements from ballet, and it's by default becomes what we call westernized because it's not the way that it's usually would be presented in those countries originally like culturally uh but at some point it was decided to put on stage so it had to be adapted in certain ways to to be to be on stage (laughs) yeah yeah uh coming back to to your activities um as an oriental dancer as a ballet dancer uh Where do you typically uh, perform in Turkey?
0: Here we can say, um, we the Professional uh, Bella dancers here. Um, yeah, that's a difficult question actually because there are so many things like changing There are so many changes political uh, Cultural changes here uh, when I came back to Turkey uh, there were uh, several big in those nice venues and um, traditional venues uh for tourists usually not for turks i mean uh, they don't they don't come to such uh places mm-hmm. but it is that type of traditional show uh where you see belly dance and folkloric dances and some aspects of uh, turkish culture um sometimes whirling dervish for example not so uh, not so often because um Whirling Dervishes is, is it's something completely different. But in at some of the venues you could still see see uh Whirling Dervishes and, and uh some other folkloric as uh, aspects. Uh for example, uh there is this play Ashuk and Mashuk, maybe mm-hmm. you know it,
1: yeah, the uh face paint
0: on the belly (laughs) it's like a
1: dolls uh uh, it's not a dolls it's actually one person but wearing a specific costume that appears as if it's two dolls Uh no there are two Uh dancers i don't know which one you're talking right now about is it about two people wearing two different costumes uh like a girl and boy or is it the one that is one guy usually wears the costume and it's as if they are sort of fighting um no,
0: the, the, the, the first one there are usually two dancers and they're like uh, they their bodies uh, painted as, uh, as uh-huh, face. there's uh-huh. one boy and one girl and it's obviously a a, a, a, a love story mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end uh, the dancers take off their their uh, costume and you see that they are there uh, you know, dancers <laughs>
1: it's absolutely adorable yeah
0: yeah so you can see that this you can see that type of uh, different uh, parts of Turkish uh, culture uh, also like Caucasian dance is uh, it was a part of that type of uh, show uh, Kafka's dance mm-hmm. in Turkish so there were, uh, I think, five or six venues, big venues, uh, um, presenting this, this type of show. Um, so I performed at GAR musical uh, before. GAR is, is, is the, one of the oldest and the biggest ones and then orient house is very well known used to be very well known and galata tower um, mm-hmm. i danced there with with live orchestra and was the best part of my um uh, baila dance memories actually uh galata tower uh and then i also danced at uh, istanbul inn but all of these places have closed down now um oh. Oh. almost yeah yeah just uh orient house closed down and uh, istanbul closed down and uh, galata tower uh, it was taken over by the municipality uh, and uh, they don't have uh, any dance shows anymore it is only a restaurant
1: oh wow that's such a pity I I was in Istanbul several times and I went to several of those venues and uh it's you kind of feel it's it's created for tourists, so you understand oh it's yeah. like has a touristic touch, but at the same time I was so impressed by the ability in one evening to see so many performers, so many styles, they so nicely presented not only ballad, like there was I believe every time I went to the venue, it was, like, at least three ballet dancers. You yeah. can see their shows. And you can see a really amazing, like, folklore groups that give you, like, such a variety of what is considered Turkish dance. And it's a great pity that uh, those places are closed now. That's, that's it.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're what's... closed down
1: what's Mm -hmm. happening now in the dance scene in turkey then
0: not much not much is happening um so uh you can still see belly dance uh, at the uh, bosphorus cruises for example um but it is not as before i mean um the thing is like the way that uh turkish people perceive belly dance and the way that it is Presented to, or what is expected uh, from outside, from from the tourists, or from you know, it's it's different. Um, this is one of the reasons uh, I think uh, that there isn't much happening here. I mean, belly dance is, of course, a part of the culture, and you can you can see it everywhere, at every wedding, or or or uh, celebration, uh, so on and so forth, uh, at at restaurants, but. Um, it is not exactly the same as the way that you see it on, on uh, at, um, at those uh, venues mm. Because because the other I mean the traditional the traditional type is uh, is, is considered to be an entertainment so uh, Dancer uh, she or he may uh, May not do a choreography. it is not necessary of course. Uh, but it is only thought to be uh, thought to be a a, a type of entertainment.
1: And I also know that you do a lot of uh, fire shows and uh, you work with uh, even uh, metal music uh, bands. <laughs> is it something that you sort of uh, try to find a way to combine and incorporate uh, together with ballet dance? Or is it something in your life that is different things? <laughs>
0: well, that's that's a very good question. Um, like... Belly dance is is a really big part of my identity. I mean uh, And I have uh, But heavy metal is also a big part of my identity. I have been um, I have been listening to uh, Metal music since I was a kid Um, And these two things are thought to be contradictory Uh, Not for me, but a lot of people think that they are Mm. contradictory so and as a as a turkish person i as a turkish dancer i tried to uh brought them together so uh and like i was i was also i I was always uh thinking about that how i could do that um you see um for for for a dancer to to to dance a style you need for, for example you need to have middle eastern uh rhythm or uh, patterns, uh, and uh, since '90s, '80s, '90s, I think uh, there has been a specific type uh, oriental uh, metal but it is it is you know you can't dance to any uh, middle eastern uh, rhythm there are so many different middle eastern rhythms and uh, and, and then there are those that you can uh, dance to anyway so uh, it was like i have always uh, i always wanted to bring uh, these two together and um, One of the bands that I uh, have been listening to since I was a kid, uh, they are a a gothic metal band from Portugal. So they made a a Middle Eastern metal song, an Oriental metal song uh, in cooperation with a Turkish musician, uh, Turkish orchestra, um, Mümin Sesler Orchestra. So and uh, and I danced with them several times on stage uh, to this song, but we also did other type of shows. It was not only um, ballet dance and metal. It was also, for example, uh, uh, there was also a fire show, completely separated from uh from uh, metal uh sorry from uh from belly dance. I try to keep them separated actually. I mean, yeah, indeed like I did uh this, this specific song it's, its name is Brief, That that was a that was a fusion, mm-hmm. uh, of course. Uh but I usually try to keep them separated the for example the fire fire and um uh and uh, oriental dance. I try to keep them separated.
1: I see. <laughs> Um, so, for people who are listening now, where is the best way to follow your dance activities? Is it your website? Is it any of your social media? Those who want to to see more of your maybe performances or like videos, both of uh, belly dance and fire performances.
0: Uh, yeah, so my website and it is on my social media on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not that active nowadays because I'm treated for my uh, cervical uh, herniated disc and for my scoliosis. But in in uh, I mean, in a couple of months soon, uh, I will be active again and then uh, yeah, social media and uh, my website
1: well i i wish you soon and easy uh, recovery and uh, we are looking <laughs> uh, looking to see you active again in the 10th scene but uh, i also will definitely put links to your social media in the show notes to this episode so People who are listening right now, as usual, you know, you can go to the show notes and easily uh, connect uh, to our uh, guests and uh, uh, see and follow their their activities and see um, visually see what we talked <laughs> about today. Um, and before, uh, just before I uh, sort of sum up with our final uh, traditional question of the podcast, I just want also to thank you a lot for taking your time and sharing with us. I I personally did a lot of discoveries today for myself <laughs> and cleared a lot of misconceptions. And uh, that's one of the like conversations and talks that I feel like we need more uh, because there are so many. There is a so many uncertainty of which information out there in the dance world, in the internet is it true or not. So uh, having someone sort of like uh, clarifying those <laughs> little things, it's it's very, very, very valuable. So thank you for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, it was my pleasure too. And uh, I only sum up with uh, uh, our traditional final question of the episode and the question is uh uh, following what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years
0: emotionality the emotions that it gives me because the uh this the the variance it is it is transnational uh the melodies and the rhythms there are so many count, you know, countries and so many uh, variants so uh, i get different emotions and uh, and, I, and i like it a lot yeah it's it makes me
1: uh it gives me the passion thank you for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode and if so do you know the best way to support this project is to share it with your friends it takes few seconds, costs you nothing, but it helps a lot to move this project forward and help me to bring more awesome guests on the podcast in the future. You can tell your friend, you can send a message, email, you can screenshot and put a, a post on social media, whatever works better for you. But if every one of you will share this episode at least with one more person, it will make a huge difference for this podcast. Thank you for spending your time with us, for your support and love. And until next time, keep shimming keep dancing, and I will see you soon.